Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. Well, 2021 uh, is already off to a really exciting start. I'm excited about this. Uh, Redemption, ever since we launched, I mean, our goal is to, uh, you know, bring on people that are going to make this church a better place to bring on interns and staff members and and things like that. Uh, We always want to get better here. And when I say get better, I specifically mean this. We want to be a church that is getting better at bringing the gospel to the community. Not a church that's more comfortable. You're going to hear more about that in my sermon. I need to stop preaching. But uh, we want to be a church that is really known for being in the streets and letting people know about the life-saving message of Jesus Christ. And and, and for us, uh, there's a really exciting addition that we're going to be making to the team. And uh, you can watch this video, and then I'll introduce her. Sarah Erickson. So Sarah is a, a student at MOBAP, and, uh, and she's actually, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but specifically, uh, I, I know you're taking classes in uh, church planting, but w- w- what is your actual degree? My degree is Christian ministry with a major, thank you, Christian ministry with a major in um, world missions, and then my minor in church planting. There we go, okay. Minor church planting, that's awesome. Um, and so we're so excited uh, to bring her on as an intern. This, this entire semester, she's going to be interning with us. And, um, and she's specifically going to be helping out in, uh, you know, kids area, you know, uh, uh, back with Redemption Kids. But also, I mean, the truth is she has a huge heart for church plants, for church planting. And so here's the reality. Um, you know, at, where we're at as a church right now, it, it, it might be hard to give her a job here at Redemption, right? Um, you know, once she's done with her internship. But what we want to do more than anything is we want to get this girl hired, okay? So she's incredible, has an incredible heart. And so listen, if, if you know of anyone who is looking for someone to run kids ministry or to just help out with a church plant, I mean, she will gladly stick around here forever. 
her, uh, but we also want to make sure she gets paid doing something, and, uh, and we value her so much. And so we've set her entire internship up to make her as marketable as possible. And so we might even call on a couple of you to help teach her some skills and things like that. But we're so excited to have Sarah here. Sarah, anything you want to say to the, to the church? Yeah, I'm just so excited to be part of this and to be able to help with Redemption Kids and to get you all to know all of you better. So I'm just so excited to see what God does during this semester, and thank you all for welcoming me. All right, give it up for Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Well, 2021 uh, for us, we're praying is going to be a growth year. We want to continue to grow as a church. And, uh, you know, obviously the pandemic has hit and it's kind of, you know, kept a lot of uh, things down in, in, in society, which is totally understandable. But we are praying that this year God does incredible things and, and starts to or continues to grow redemption. And, uh, but, but again, continues to grow redemption uh, through, the, through the ways of seeing people who are spiritually dead come alive in Christ. That's our hope. So anyway, we're so glad that you're here today. Um, 2020 was kind of, you know, one of those years, right? People said it was the worst year ever that they've ever lived through. And I think for most of us, uh, we would say that that's a reality. That's true, right? But I do think that with 2020, I, I think it did give us one thing. Um, you know, looking back hindsight, I think there was one blessing in 2020 that was incredible. And that specific blessing was slowing down. Uh, who, who at some point in 2020 took a step back and you slowed down a bit? Raise your hand. I think most of us, uh, for you, is probably during the Tiger King phase, you know, where everybody was running out of toilet paper and watching Tiger King and baking bread. Uh, did, did, is, anybody like, is anybody baking like sourdough bread? Anybody do that in 2020? I didn't. I wish I would have because I just feel like I want to be, you know, in the in crowd when it comes to that, all the quarantiners that baked bread. But it was one of the things that we did, you know, like we baked bread. We watched Netflix. We hung out with our families and things like that. Um, but as we... Uh, um, uh, you know, that, that, that was one of the things that, gave, uh, that, that, that it gave to us. The thing about slowing down, and, and this is what we're going to see in our sermon series today, Simplify. The thing about slowing down is if we're going to slow down, if we're going to simplify our lives, then that means that we have to prioritize certain things, you know, that are greater over lesser things. And I think in 2020, it caused us to do that. As we were caused to slow down, we were caused to take inventory of our life, and, and, you know, what we realized, uh, you know, to, to, to throw, throw around a 2020 word, essential or non-essential, what we realized is that there were a lot of things in our life that were just non-essential, things that we were doing that we didn't have to keep doing. We didn't have to do it all. And so for, for a lot of us, we just stopped doing certain things, and we kept up doing, the, you know, the things that really matter, the things that were really important. Well, we're going to be looking at this uh, series, Simplify, and throughout this entire series, we're going to be looking at prioritizing our life. In 2021, what are the things that, that should be most prioritized? And, and to do that, uh, or, or as we prioritize our life, we're going, to, we're going to see simplification happen. We're going to see the parts of our life that need to stay, they're going to stick around. The parts of our life that really aren't that important, they're not that essential, they're going to start to fade away. Throughout the series, we're going to be looking at three different things, time, money, and impact. Now, specifically, uh, yeah, redemption, we always start this way uh, when it comes to the Bible, and so I'll, I'll do this. Uh, if, if you uh, have a, a physical Bible with you, go ahead and turn to the table of contents. If you have uh, a digital Bible on your phone, also go ahead and turn to the table of contents. We like to start at the same place together uh, because we know this, that in 2020 and 2021, uh, very few of us as Americans spend time in the Bible, actually reading the Bible. And so we, we want to promote biblical literacy, and we want to go there together. Um, and uh, 
I'll just take this moment as we're turning to the table of contents. If you haven't seen this, uh, we're, you know, we're doing something here at Redemption called Two for 21. Our goal is every single day to be reading one chapter of the Bible together and then also one chapter of a book of your choosing. And so uh, right now, uh, every week, we'll put it up on our Instagram and you can check it out there. I'll put it up on my Instagram as well. Uh, but we just want to encourage you to be reading the Bible and spending time with the Lord. Okay, so as we go to the table of contents, we're actually going to be going to a book that might be hard for you to find, but it's the book of Ecclesiastes, all right? It's in the Old Testament. Uh, it's, it's a wisdom book. And this entire series, we're going to be sticking in Ecclesiastes, all right? Now, uh, traditionally, Solomon is known as the author of Ecclesiastes. We don't actually uh, know certain, uh, you know, uh, for certain that he was because um, he's actually not listed as the author. There are a few books like that in the Bible. Uh, but there are so many, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, so many facts that would point us to that, so many clues uh, that would point us to him being the author. Now, the crazy thing about Solomon, if you don't know this, is he has this moment in, uh, in Second Chronicles, he has this moment where he's having this interaction with God, and God specifically says to Solomon, hey, ask for anything, and I will give it to you. Ask for anything, and I'll give it to you. And if you don't know this, Solomon, he's very wise already when he makes his request because he asks for wisdom. And so we're going to read a little bit about Solomon here in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies, which I love that one, uh, or a long life, it just goes to show that, you know, that, that was a different year than 2021, right? Uh, or a long life, but, but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge that you requested, but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame, such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. So Solomon, he becomes extremely wise. Scripture says he, he receives his wisdom straight from God. Uh, he, he ends up, you know, he's ruling the, the, um, uh, uh, the Israelites, and, and he continues to rule them. He actually becomes the last ruler of, of Israel as a whole. If you don't know the history of Israel, right after, uh, um, right after Solomon's uh, rule, the, the, the kingdom splits into two things. It splits into Jeroboam and Rehoboam, the north and the south. And, uh, and, and basically, it's a, it's a crazy story uh, that you should read. But anyway, so Solomon, he's the last ruler of Israel as a whole. Now, here's the crazy thing about Solomon. Um, he has all this wisdom, and history tells us, Scripture tells us that towards the end of his life, he had everything. And when I say everything, he had all the wealth, all the riches. He also had 300 wives and 700 concubines, okay? If you don't know what a uh, concubine is, go, go Google it. But uh, anyway, he, he, has, he has all these things. He has everything. He, he, he has this incredible kingdom, all these things. And at the end of the day, um, Solomon ends up, the, the, these moments where he's turning his heart away from the Lord with all of his wisdom, the wisdom that he got from the Lord, the wealth and riches that he got from the Lord, all these things, he ends up turning his heart away from the Lord, you know, throughout his life. But what I love about Solomon is he is someone who can teach us about priorities. Because here's the reality. The reality is we could listen to someone tell us about priorities who only made a couple bucks in their life and they never left their living room. Or we can listen to someone who made a couple bucks, they didn't leave their living room, and then they continued to live different lives, and they continued to grow, and, and they continued to be blessed, and they continued to have more and more. I mean, we're listening to a guy who had everything, right? And at the end of his life, he can look back, 
And he can go, you know what? After I've tasted it all, after I've had everything that is holy and sinful, after I've had all the money and none of the money, after I've had all the victory and and coming from none of the victory, after all these things, after everything, I've had it all. And I want to tell you about what is most important. I, I would argue that out of anybody in the Bible, potentially anybody outside of Jesus, that we would want to learn about life's priorities from this man. And so in the book of Ecclesiastes, we're going to be looking uh, each week. Again, this week is time. Next week is money. And the third week is going to be impact. But we're going to be looking at, at, at uh, priorities through the lens of Solomon. Okay, so we're going to jump in. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, we're going to be reading the first 11 verses. And he says this. A time for everything. For everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. By the way, um, you know, we will all die, okay? All of us. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, It doesn't matter if you have quadrillions of money. Um, By the way, that's after trillions, if you didn't know that, quadrillions. Also, um, you know, if you didn't know this, like, you should you should look up uh, some of this stuff. Over the last couple of years, more and more and more, science is just, is just working on what does, it, what, uh, you know, what does it mean to live? Like, what is the cost of a life? Um, Freakonomics did a podcast on this, and they, they asked this question. This is about five years ago. They said, what is the cost of a life? It's a brilliant podcast. I'm not going to get into the, the uh, weeds of it, but, but what I realized by listening to that podcast and reading some other articles over the last couple years is that we... Uh, you know, especially in first world countries, we are addicted to life. We are addicted to living. And for the most part, we never find the one, the only one who can give life. And that's Jesus. We're addicted to staying alive forever. And, 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 and listen to this. Like, uh, you know, we live in this influencer culture. Um, there, there are all these like, hashtags influencer in the wild uh and if you see these videos and stuff and you're like laughing at these people and you're like why are they so addicted to becoming famous why are they so addicted to becoming the center of the universe it's because they believe that this is their only life they believe that this is all they have and if you believe that this is all you have why wouldn't you work so hard to become the wealthiest person that you know to become the most famous person that you know but as Christians, we know, like, hey, if, if at the end of the day, this life it doesn't work out exactly how I expected, I have an eternity to work on it, right? I have an eternity to work on things. So, okay, uh, where am I at? That was a rabbit trail. All right, time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal. Interesting. Time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to dance, all the... Uh, Legalists, they winced a bit at that. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. It's really interesting, that last verse There is a time to love, amen. We all believe that, we know that. And a time to hate, interesting. A time for war, I hate that. 
Who in here loves war? Raise your hand. Joking. Don't. I hope nobody raises their hand. It's such a weird thing. You know, a time, there's a time for war. And there's a time for peace. I'm not going to dig into that. But I think, I do think coming from the most, uh, you know, the, the wisest man in the world, I, I think we need to reflect on those things. And uh, I think they need to sit into our soul I want to take a moment to uh, promote a book to you, and we're actually going to be giving it away, uh, not this copy because I'm reading this copy, but I'm reading this book right now called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, I'm somewhat reading it because of this series, but I'm also reading it just because um, I have the tendency to be hurried <laughs> and busy, and, uh, and this is so good for the soul. It's so good for my soul. I believe it would be good for your soul as well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give it away on our social media. Uh, you can find that out on Instagram. We're going to be posting that today if it's not already up there. So you can look for that. There'll be a way for you to enter to win that book. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll uh, DM you. We'll get your address and we'll message you. Uh, or Sorry, we'll, we'll send you um, a book. But this, this book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, um, I'm not sure if you, if you feel this, but he talks about hurry and he talks about how hurry is something not only toxic to our health, but it's something that's toxic to our souls. Um, you know, if, if you talk to someone and you say, hey, how are you guys doing? Their, their, their preloaded response, like their understood response, the response that you will always get is this, we're good, just busy, right? We're good, just busy. And, and, and listen, you know, I've only been around uh, for a couple decades here, but, but I just want to let you know, I don't think that's changing. I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon. We're good, just busy. He tells a story in here about um, this, uh, this guy, he's with these, these African dudes, and uh, they're over, over in Africa, they're, they're hunting um, these animals, and they, they get to this place where their bodies are tired. So they sit down, they're there for 20 minutes or so, and, and uh, this American dude is like, okay, let's go. Like, let's keep hunting them. And uh, the, the leader of the African uh, people, he says, not yet. And he goes, why not? Like, they're getting away. And the African leader says, we're waiting for our souls to catch up to our bodies. And I feel like we are in this place in our life where, where we... Biblical or not, I feel like we are at this place in culture, in time, when it comes to time, that we are living a life that our souls are chasing our bodies, that, that our bodies are, are still going 100 miles an hour, um, but our, uh, our souls haven't caught up. I'm going to read a couple things out of here. Um, by the way, if you don't know what book darts are, they're the best. Okay, you should get them. They're on Amazon. They're great. Four, $4 for like 50 or something. Anyway, I use them all the time. Okay, um, so this is, this is crazy. I, I really want you to read this book. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Okay, so this is from page 30 here in chapter one. Uh, John Mark says, but most historians point to 1370, the year 1370, as the turning point in, in the West's relationship to time. That year, the first public clock tower was erected in Cologne, Germany. Before that, time was natural. It was linked to the rotation of the earth on its axis and the four seasons. You went to bed with the moon and you got up with the sun. Days were long and busy in the summer. 
short and slow in the winter. There was a rhythm to the day and even the year. Life was dominated by agrarian rhythms. That's, uh, you know, farming rhythms, things like that. Free of haste, careless of exactitude, unconcerned by productivity. In the words of the French medievalist uh, Jack uh, Legoff, and yes, I just quoted a French medievalist, but the clock changed all that, created artificial time, the slog of nine to five all year long. We stopped listening to our bodies and we started rising with our alarms, droned their oppressive siren. Not when our bodies were done resting. We became more efficient, yes, but also more machine, less human being. So good. Okay, one more thing, and then we're going to get back to Scripture here. Book darts are really good, but I'm trying to do it one-handed here. Okay. Um, He said, this is in chapter 3, he says, Put another way, the mind is the portal to the soul, and what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you have, have your gathered, uh, or, or sorry, what you have gave your attention to. That bodes well for those apprenticed of Jesus who give the bulk of their attention to him and uh, to all that is good, beautiful, and true in the world, but not for those who give their attention to the 24-7 news cycle of outrage and anxiety and emotionally charged drama or the nonstop feed of celebrity gossip, titillation, and cultural drivel, as if we give it, to, uh, give it to them in the first place. Much of it is stolen by a clever algorithm out to monetize our precious attention. But again, we become what we give our attention to for better or for worse. What I love about this book is it's speaking to my soul because of this time that we're looking at Ecclesiastes, and, we're, and I'm, I'm preparing for the sermon on time. Ecclesiastes does an incredible job, I think, in this chapter. In chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, it does this incredible job of setting up time through the lens of tension. Now, uh, let me explain this to you, okay? There, there is balance and tension, and often we get them confused. We shouldn't always put things in balance, because balance is what? It's 50-50, Right? Okay, now, uh, in verse 4, it says in here, um, you know, there's a time to cry and there's a time to laugh. Listen, if you cried 50% of your life and you laughed 50% of your life, like, we're going to call the paddy wagon, right? Like, like you're definitely, you know, going to be admitted. Like, if people were laughing all the time, 50% of their life, they're crying the other 50% of their life, like, we would say, like, hey, like, they need some mental help, okay? Um, but, but that's not the case, right? Like, Tension is different. Balance is 50-50. Tension uh, is, is often imbalanced, but it's held at a certain point. Okay? It's held at a certain, certain uh, you know, juncture between the two or a certain weight between the two. Um, and so what, what I love about um, you know, th- this part of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is that it, it puts time in the container of tension, not in the container of balance. Um, there are certain chemicals that, that if, if they're in the improper container, they will erode through the side of the container. They can't, they can't be held in that container, right? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? If you don't, here's an example. Yeah, Coke. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, but Coke actually isn't touching the aluminum. It's actually touching plastic. Show the next slide. 
So this right here is the Coke can with the aluminum uh, being eaten away by drain cleaner, essentially. Okay, and then the next slide, uh, you'll see it better. Okay, you see this? See, see, a long time ago, when they you know, first started producing Coca-Cola, uh, they, they took this chemical and they put it in aluminum. And what they realized is after a while, the, the Coca-Cola was actually eating through the aluminum. The aluminum was getting into the drink, and people's, the first thing was people were tasting their Coke, and they're like, it tastes very metally, right, right. Metally? Dear Lord, metallic? Oh, my gosh. In 2021, I want a better vocabulary. Okay, so, uh, you know, it's tasting very metallic. And then they're like, wait a minute, it's eroding through the can, okay? So uh, food scientists, they go, hey, you know, to make it fresh and to keep it longer, we're going to line the can with plastic. And so if you're like, hey, listen, I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a New Year's, uh, resolution in 2021, and I drink soda, you, you might have found your New Year's resolution. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that, that certain things are, are, are held in a certain container. And the only way that those things can, can be what they are, they can, they, they can be used appropriately, is if they're held in a certain container. And I believe that time, if put in the container of balance, or, or if not held in the correct tension, if it's not put in the correct container of tension, it starts to erode every part of our life. It starts to eat away at our life. And the bottom line today is this, that time is only as strong as the tension that it's kept in. It's only as strong as the tension that it's kept in. And this is wisdom for 2021. In a, in a, in a year, in a world where, where, again, the sneaky algorithm is, is constantly biting for our attention, constantly stealing moments away from us, uh, away from our families, away from the things that are most important. Again, to simplify means to prioritize. And so we live in this world that is constantly tearing away at who we are. Uh, we have to keep time in the correct container and it's only as strong as the tension that it's kept in. Uh, look at this in verse 2. It says a time to be born, a time to die. If, if we hold those in balance, right, and not tension, then we're dying the day after we're born. A time to kill and a time to heal. You need more time to heal than you do to kill. Um, a time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry, a time to laugh. We talked about that. A time to grieve and a time to dance. Um, you know, sometimes grieving takes a long time. I know for many of you, you've lost people in 2020, and grief is real for you. Your heart is still aching. It's still breaking. And just take the permission, because maybe 2021, uh, maybe a lot of that year is still going to be um, grief for you. Uh, but there will be a time that you can dance. I believe that. I look forward to that day that you can dance again. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Man, if we, if we hold those out of balance or out of tension, if we hold them in balance, we're in trouble. A time for war and a time for peace. Same thing. See, these things, they have to be held in tension. They have to be held in tension. In, in, in you know, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1, it says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, do you know this? That, that, that there was a specific time that God waited to send his son Jesus. It says, for, for, uh, um, uh, but when the right time came, God sent his son. But when the right time came, God sent his son. See, there's a time for everything. So my question in 2021 for you, listen, my question for you is what time is it for you? What, what, what time is it for you? What are the things in your life that you need to be giving yourself over to right now? 
if you took inventory of your life and you said, I want to simplify my life, like I want my soul to catch up to my body. Now, listen, there's a time for everything, uh, which means that, uh, you know, there's a time for hard work. What I'm saying here is not, you know, licentiousness for laziness. I'm not giving you a license to just be a sluggard. Scripture talks about that as well. But we have to have tension in our life, hold that tension. At what time is it for you? There's a, there's a time for everything in your personal life. There's also a time for everything in your uh, life in the church as a church family member. If, if you spent this last season, and more so, now we're talking to people that are joining us online, uh, if, if you spent this last season kind of away from church um, because of the pandemic, which, by the way, totally makes sense on so many levels, uh, we know there are so many of you that just can't return to church uh, until you get a vaccine. And so, you know, w- once vaccines are re- readily available and, and you receive those vaccines, it's time, it's time for you to step back into church, right? Like, be a part of the church. Uh, if you've come to redemption and uh, you, you, you have yet to join a community group or to join an impact team to really give yourself over to a church family, it's time for you to do that, all right? And if you're here, uh, maybe it's your first time, then welcome, just relax, okay? It's time for you to just chill and hang out. Maybe it's time for you to join and, uh, you know, be in, be in all the fun, but, uh, but, but take the license to just kind of hang out for a while. Um, but uh, in 2020, let me say this to you, in 2020, if you didn't take the opportunity to tell someone about Jesus, and if you didn't take the opportunity to trust God with your money and you follow Christ, it's time for you to do that. See, when people started following Jesus, he would give them these two commandments early on, right? Like we, we know there are two great commandments, yes, but there are these two commandments that Jesus gives them time and time again. He goes, hey, go tell others about me, right? There was one time where he said, don't tell others about me just because it wasn't the right time. It, you know, he was a strategist. He's smart, right? He's God. Okay, but, uh, but go tell others about me. And then he would say to other people, trust me with your money, right? Like give to God what is God's, right? And so at Redemption, when people say, hey, I want to grow in my faith, we say, great, go tell others about Jesus and trust God with your money, those two things. Don't come to me and say, hey, what is a really good 600-page theolo- you know, theology book that I can read to grow in my faith? If you haven't or you aren't, also telling people about Jesus and trusting God with your money. Because if you're really serious about growing your faith, you'll do those two things, okay? Um, but what time is it for you? Is it time for you to reconnect physically? Is it time for you to join a community group? Is it time for you to join an impact team and start volunteering? Is it time for you to tell others about Jesus? Is it time for you to trust God with your money? Like, what is it for you in 2021? If you want to have a conversation about that, I'd love to to talk with you about that and uh, try to discern with you what is that next step to following God. Okay, uh, last thing here. This is, um, uh, as I'm talking about, hey, you know, what time is it for you? I, I want to talk about what time is it for redemption? What time is it for us? 2020 was really hard on us, not because of the pandemic uh, in-house. I mean, the reality is we're uniquely positioned to, um, you know, to weather the storm that 2020 brought to us. Uh, The reality is that we were already doing online services from day one. And so when people were like, hey, we have to go, you know, digital, we were like, cool, we'll we'll just keep doing what we're doing, you know, but we won't do it live anymore. Um, But also the problem is that the things that, that, that we build our church upon, the foundation that we build it upon, we could no longer do. Let me give you an example. In 2019, we did something every single 
week from, uh, I believe, the month of May all the way through September, and it was something called uh, Kids' Corner. See, here in Kirkwood, um, well, not here in Kirkwood because we're not uh, technically in Kirkwood, but in Kirkwood, uh, there is a summer concert series, and it's every single Thursday. And so every single Thursday, what we would do is we would pack up my truck, we would go to Station Plaza, we would set up an area for the, uh, for the uh, kids in the community, and we would do this craft with them and all these things. And then we would send the parents away with a gift bag, and it had in it, like, you know, a free coffee and, and, and uh, ice cream and all these other things, right? Uh, by the way, coffee and ice cream weren't in the bag. That'd be really hard, right? Like a bag, but like hot and cold in there. Anyway, uh, Yeti needs to, you know, invent that, right? But anyway, uh, no, it was like, it was, a, it was a token for a free coffee and then a coupon for a, uh, you know, a free cone. Uh, but, but my point is this, that, that we were in the community, meeting our neighbors, loving the community, and just praying for opportunities to talk to people about Jesus. Because that's who we are. And so then, uh, that, was, that was 2019. 2020, guess what? We, we couldn't do a lot of those things. Like, all those things stopped. And, uh, and it was much harder to, uh, to do the things that we were building our church upon. But I promise you, in 2021, uh, we're going to be doing things like that again. Our goal in 2021, as soon as vaccines are, you know, widespread and those who want them have taken them, uh, people feel a little more comfortable. The, you know, the, the mandate of 10-person gathering is lifted. Masks are, um, you, know, um, uh, you know, up to you, whatever, if you want to choose them or not, optional. Um, but when that happens, we are going to bring in block parties. And our goal is to, is to throw block parties like every weekend if we can. Uh, we're going to be having a block party trailer. We're purchasing a trailer. We're putting into that trailer. We're going to be putting in uh, shrimp boil setups and a massive grill, a bounce house, um, you know, uh, uh, inflatable movie sets, all these things. And, um, and then all the tables and chairs for you to host your entire neighborhood uh, at your house. And, uh, and our goal is, again, to be in the community, for the community, with the people. That's what time it is for us. We're waiting for that time to be appropriate, but when it is appropriate, that's what we're doing. So what time is it for you? What are the things that you have to prioritize in your life? What are the things that uh, you've discovered in 2020 are non-essential? I think tanning beds were non-essential, right? They've always been non-essential. Like, what, what, what is the tanning bed thing in your life? I just, I'll just remove that. What are the things in your life that you can just take away? And, uh, and not so you can take them away and, and replace them with other tireless endeavors that leave you empty and broken and wanting for more. But what are the things that you can take away and you can replace them with things that they speak to you, they fill your soul, they hydrate your soul, right? Um, like, like balm, balm to your soul. So my prayer for you is that in 2021, you do the things that give you life, not just socially, not just emotionally, but spiritually. And, uh, and that you have Moments that are a little more special with God in 2020. We're going to move uh, into communion right now. And uh, we do this every single week at Redemption. 
If you are here today and you're like, hey, I actually, I don't follow Christ. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a Christ follower. Then we just, we want to invite you to sit this one out. We would never ask you to do something that, that doesn't seem right to you. Uh, we don't want you to be anything that you're not. And so we just want you to be true to who you are. Um, but uh, feel free to chill and just relax. If, um, if you didn't get a communion kit on the way in, but you would like one, uh, Allison has, has some here to hand to you. And so just slip up your hand and she will get you one. Um, the reason that we take communion every week is because it nourishes our soul. See, scripture says that, that man doesn't live by, by, you know, just bread and water alone, but but we live by the very words of God. And we, we, we live by these spiritual things. And, uh, and this is one of those things. It's one of those things that spiritually it nourishes our soul. Um, and so together, as the piano is playing, I just feel like um, we're slowed down right now. Like, why do we love communion every week? Because it's this time to not think about the other things in our life. It's a reset button for the rest of our week. And we get to just be with Jesus. Um, so, let me lead us through the scripture. This is in 2 Corinthians. It says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat this, for this is my body broken for you. And on the same night, he took the wine and he poured it out for them. And he said, this is the blood of my new covenant spilled, shed for you, given for you. He says, as often as you eat this bread and you drink uh, this, this wine, uh, Paul ends up saying, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. And so we take time every single week to proclaim the Lord's death, what it means for our souls and what it means for those who don't yet know him. That one day people will come through these doors spiritually broken, spiritually dead, and they will leave having been risen with Christ, alive with Christ. And that's what we sing for. That's what we praise Jesus for.